I'm Donna Peters, and this is season three of the award-winning Me Sweet podcast. The Me Suite is a community of career-driven, life-minded professionals sharing our stories, sharing what it means to lead our lives with purpose, planning, and power. What I call leading with a Me Suite mindset. Let's get in there. In today's episode of the Me Suite, I am joined by a special guest who has dedicated her career to the topics of culture and organizational change. And really in this field, she's kind of like a Cher or a Bono or a Madonna. She really just needs her first name, but I'll give you her full name. Her name is Deb Brecker, and I am really looking forward to a conversation on leading through change because of all that we have been through as business professionals in this last year. I know that this will be provocative and that we will learn a lot, and I am thrilled to welcome Deb Brecker to the Me Suite. Donna, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. So, Deb, you know that we start with core values. Can we start there, and how do they guide decisions in your life? You know, there there are two very important guideposts for me uh, as I think about doing my work and also just how I show up in the world. And one is always asking myself the question, how can I be of service today? Mm. Um, For me, that is a a very important motivator. You know, when I'm with my clients and it's interesting when you spend your life consulting, Mm. there's a notion that consultants should show up as the experts. Oh. And, and I believe the opposite is so. I should bring my expertise in service of the clients I'm participating with and that they ultimately have the wisdom to decide what works for them and what they can make use of. And as long as I show up with that in mind, we have a lovely time. So that's, that's sort of number one. And the other is um, I, like to, I, I like to train independence. Uh, okay. so, so what that means to me is I believe each person has the capability uh, and the instinct to know what they need, when they need it, and how they need to conduct and comport themselves. Mm. And I prefer to just let them go. And and it's an unusual way to it's an unusual way to show up because lots of people want to be told what to do. Yeah. Um. And and that's just not necessary. Yeah. I think that this is what has made you so successful. So I'm aware that you very recently have been published in Psychology Today, you've been published in Industry Week, et cetera, on the topic of leading through change. So let's pivot to that. Mm-hmm. And maybe we start by, are you experiencing the questions that get asked right now to be different from what you've seen in the past in your career? Are the leaders challenged with things that they hadn't been challenged with before? How are you seeing this topic of leading through change manifesting after this last year? It's a great question, Donna. Uh, You know, I think the questions that leaders are asking, it's not so much that that they're asking different questions. Mm -hmm. It's that the the lack of any knowing Uh. is different. The ambiguity is Uh. different. So... I've done a lot of coaching and counseling with my clients over the last 25 years. And it's not uncommon for a leader to say, hey, you know, we really have to do things differently if we're going to achieve our growth objectives. Mm -hmm. So what's different now? Gosh, we really have to lead differently if we're going to reach our growth objectives, except here's the thing. I 
can't touch my employees because they're not in my office anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I I can't ask somebody to park their personal life at the door anymore because there is no such thing as a door. Interesting. And I can't tell people how to do what I think I know how to do because the environment is so different. It's a leveler in a way that has not been so for leaders in the past. Yeah. Um, and you know, my team members, and if I'm a worker, and by the way, whether I'm a leader, if I'm a leader, I'm still a worker, right? I still have stuff I have to get done and deliver. Fair. As people who are contributing or or, or producing something, I have, a, I have a much greater sense of freedom, a much greater sense of confidence, a much greater sense of choice than I had in the past. And as a leader, I have to think about how do I engage my employees in a way that supports that independence supports that sense of ownership and self-direction and still get done what I need to get done. And that's really a very different dynamic right now. Yeah. So is there a particular personality style that is finding this easier than others? Maybe a different way to ask it is what leadership quality does a person exhibit in this latest environment that makes the change easier for them than others? Also a great question. I'm owning the fact that I am generally a sort of hard-charging driver uh-huh. who knows my own mind. And so I'll reflect on what I've had to do great. In, this, in, in, the, in this environment mm-hmm. um, because that style uh, in a two-dimensional world doesn't work mm. because all you see is a screen of people staring at you and that's not the way to engage your team. So I've, I've started to coach myself Okay, And my clients, I'm a simple person, so I can remember three C's in the clutch. And this is, this is how I talk to myself. Okay. And, one, and one is I have to think differently about how I connect with my employees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm a kinesthetic person. Other leaders are kinesthetic leaders. They, they get their energy from, from being with other people. This is, this is a little bit like Flat Stanley. Okay. We're in a two-dimensional world. And so how I purposely connect one-on-one and in a team with my people has had to change. So I make a point of going around the horn. How are you? Is everybody safe? Mm. What's happening? I let go of the task for the oh. first five minutes and check in with my people yeah. to see how they're doing. Um, and second is to consult. So, so consulting in this context means, you know, people have been very inventive and creative and they've been thinking a lot. They've had out time mm-hmm. to think about what they're doing. And so instead of my wondering whether it's my job to have all the answers, I've, I've actually relaxed and, and just trusted the wisdom of my team. And they mm-hmm. have come up with some super creative ideas, super interesting ways of thinking about solving through some of what we're solving with. And, you know, it's multiplied the possibilities beyond what I might have experienced before because I've given them much more space Mm -hmm. and they expect the space. So, you know, I have to listen I have to ask questions. um, And, and when you do that, they show up. And I, the last C for me is, is this sort of a bleed from the previous thing I just said, and that's the notion of co-create. So there are times now when I'm with my team that I just sit back in my chair and I watch Mm -hmm. and I let them, I let them take the reins. I let them play. I let them banter because they can see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I'm really just there waiting for them to solve the problem. And then we proceed on. For somebody like me, that, that was a big shift. Yeah. Which is why I anchored in the beginning on training independence, because the first one I had to train was myself. Yes. Yeah. So let, let me tee off a couple of things that you've said. When you talked about the first C, which was connect, and you said you had to learn to let go of the task. Mm-hmm. I completely understand what you mean by that, that I'm sure in the beginning when you're joining the calls and you're feeling you're having to go around, around, around and check in with people, you look at your watch, do I have time to do this? And then over time, you're realizing I have to invest the time now or I'm going to be paying for it later, right? Right, that's right. And I really think there's something special in this word that you used when you said co-create, you said let them play, Mm -hmm. right? Not let them innovate. Not let them think about the problem, but let them play. Did you deliberately use that word? Yes. This has been a very stressful and challenging time for people. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, look, there's some real pluses about being in a pandemic, which sounds odd, but Mm -hmm. it's true. Um, You know, we've all had an opportunity to, uh, those of us that have had an opportunity, I really should say, Mm -hmm. we've had an opportunity to skip skip the commute. And that gives us extra time in the day to... Mm -hmm ponder to think to ruminate which we may not have had before lowers the stress level in some ways but in other ways the stress level rises because you know that there used to be some separation of church and state there's not so much my my young parents my heart goes out to them because Uh they're juggling kids in front of videos and all that kind of stuff and so bringing a sense of play a sense of Hey, this is not serious. This is light. Mm-hmm. Let's bring some light figuratively and, and metaphorically to the, to the subject. It allows a sense of freedom yeah. that we've kind of been missing a little bit as we've had some of the stress that we've had. Yeah. I also hear something in what you're saying about the pandemic impacts on hierarchy, potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you were describing across Connect Consulting and Co-Create sounded very flat to me, flat organization to me. Mm-hmm. Is that also a change in a theme? It is because because what we've learned is that employees are feeling much more self-empowered mm-hmm. because they're not talking to bosses all day long, right? So they're um, they're self-directed. Mm-hmm. And you know there was a there there was a, a point in time. And by the way, it's still it's still an issue for some senior leaders. I consult with a lot of CEOs and their senior teams, and mm-hmm. and I remember being on a call with a you know an EVP and his team early on in the pandemic, and they were like seriously wrestling with do we do, do we think people are really working now oh, that they're home? Yeah, like are we going to be productive? And what we've seen is that actually. Workforce has been exponentially more productive. Yeah. As a result, the question around, do I really need to be physically in a space? Yeah. Maybe not so much. But then again, on the other hand, I'm a CEO. I own buildings. Yeah. I have a firm belief that to collaborate requires people together. Mm, Maybe not so much. Yeah. And so to flatten the hierarchy is actually really important because employees are voting with their feet. I have a lot of I have a lot of clients who are really worried about uh, employee retention when they think about coming back to work. And right. for most of my clients, coming back to work means some kind of a hybrid. But you know, employees are not employees are not necessarily going to want to play that way. Wow. And so we have to figure out a way to find freedom within a framework. 
And that's going to be super important for us as we go forward. Yeah. I saw some recent research from Microsoft and LinkedIn amongst their own workforce community, right? So the research was in their own walls that the average meeting during the pandemic is 10 minutes longer Mm -hmm. and that the average response time to respond to a chat is five minutes or less, Mm -hmm. which means, which indicates that for these significantly large workforces, we are working more, we are more stationary and, and work grew exponentially, not I got lazy and can hide from work like you were saying. Right, the data, mm-hmm. the data is coming out. I know we felt it emotionally, but the, the data is certainly backing it up. So I, I started this conversation under the umbrella of leading through change. Is there anything that I didn't ask about that you thought, oh, no, no, Donna, you're missing it. You, you, we also need to talk about X. Anything else here? Well, it's a, it, 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 it's a provocative question for me because leading through change right now means how do I sustain a culture mm-hmm. and an employee experience when People have been so distant for better than a year. And it's going to be another three or four months probably before we begin to come back to work. Right. Um, And most leaders felt, believed that an employee experience was based on physically being together. Mm -hmm. And we haven't been. And yet culture is the glue that holds us together and tells us who we are as part of any organization that we're with, mm-hmm. what our unique experience is. It becomes, it becomes our branded story in the marketplace. Um, and, so, and so thinking about how to sustain cultures, sustain an experience in this flat Stanley world is what clients are rethinking mm-hmm. because we will still have people who are remote. Some people will not come back to work at all, regardless of, of what a hybrid solution looks like. And so creating that experience and how we do that purposefully can't be an afterthought. So, so what I would say for those of us who are leading into the next stage, which is returning to work, how will we keep all of our employees connected and having an experience? Mm. How can we be explicit about that and articulate about that so that people continue to feel some sense of belonging, even if they're not in the same space. I have a client who's actually wrestling with that right now. They've, they've grown a lot over the course of the last year and a half. This particular part of the business is 5,000 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've hired in the course of the last eight months, 1,300 of those 5,000 employees. Wow. They have never physically been in a space with the rest of them. Wow. They, they, don't, they don't know most of them. So what do you do about that? And mm-hmm. and we're wrestling and we're wrestling with working with playing with um, how to get those twelve hundred to connect to the other three thousand in meaningful ways so that they feel like they belong when they come back in. Are you finding that established companies who had obviously a culture prior to the pandemic are they rethinking defining a new culture or are they trying to figure out how to preserve the one they already had? It's both, actually. Uh So some organizations have grown and been uh, have been winners in the pandemic, Mm -hmm. if you will. And for those organizations, it is about how do I articulate and bed the cultural values that I care about so that we can sustain that as Mm -hmm. people come from all different places. There are other organizations that have had to completely reshape themselves. Mm -hmm. And for them, they're thinking about, you know, I'm I'm thinking of a manufacturing client I have. in the in the Midwest, and they and they value their culture 
but the world has changed so much for them. Mm. And there are so many other uh, competitors for their employee base because there are other people who are willing to have these folks work remotely. Mm -hmm. So they have to actually, they have to actually rethink how do, how do we add value to the people we'd like to hire? How do we help them add value to us in ways that are meaningful to them so that we, so that we actually can attract and retain the talent that we really want? Because the old guard in that particular organization who were sort of like, um, you know, my generation, put your head down, work hard, don't ask any questions. Mm-hmm. We're good to go. Not how people are showing up. So you got to create a different space for them. Yeah, that's a great example. So I really appreciate you having been the culture and change whisperer in my life all these many years. Is there any advice that you have for the listeners about things that we could start doing differently on Monday related to this topic? I'll harken back to the notion of play. Okay. I'm going to ask you to think about how you can play with your team Mm. on Monday morning and what kind of space you can provide for them to show up with what they bring with them Mm. automatically that you don't have to do anything about, which will enrich Mm. the experience of the team and the output that you create. Ask a question differently than you might have before. Mm -hmm. Sit back for 10 minutes and say nothing and see what happens. (laughs) <laughs> ask, ask how people are feeling today as opposed to what are they doing today Yeah, and see what happens. And for those of us that are workers and we're contributing, which we all are on some level, you know, what I would say is give yourself permission to lead from the seat you're in. Mm. You don't have to have a title to do that. Yeah. Bring you to the party and see what that provokes for other people, what permission that gives other people to play, to invent, to create. It's actually super magical. So these are so specific and so doable. And I'm going to make a commitment to you. Uh, This is not natural for me. So I'm going to step out and I'm going to make a commitment to this meeting that I have on Tuesday. If you can give me an extra day, I'm going to do it on Tuesday. I'm going to start with asking, how is everyone feeling? Not how are you? Mm -hmm. So that'll be my, my first step. And I hope that the listeners have taken away some other ones too. So fabulous to have you join us in the Me Suite. And thank you for sharing your experiences and your brain and your energy. This is Deb Brecker, everybody. Pleasure to be with you, Donna, as always. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. For executive and career coaching services, contact me, Donna Peters, at themesuite.com, LinkedIn, and Twitter. The website is the dash me-suite.com. Suite is spelled like executive suite. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us continue to shine a mic on more amazing people.